Unless otherwise indicated, Ratchet Book Club is intended for a mature audience. Viewer discretion is greatly advised. Welcome to Ratchet Book Club, where we read hood classics and good classics. I'm Derek. 916-633-1537. Ratchet and Ratchet at gmail.com is the email address. Uh, Ratchet Book Club on Twitter. Um, did y'all know that if you drive too nice of a car, that makes you a suspect for murder? Did you? And it doesn't even have to be too nice of a car. It can literally be a Mustang. A red Mustang with a personalized plate. And the personalized plate could have eight uh, letters on the license plate, even though a plate can only have seven. That makes you a suspect. Also, did you know that the best place to store um, tangerines and oranges in your house is in your dirty laundry hamper in a bag? That you use to hit yourself in the face to make yourself look like you got beat up by your attacker that you just murdered. Me either. But the cops did. And that's why they're so suspicious of Vernita. You know, because she did that. We didn't see her do any of that. They just jumped to that. But that's what she did. And one cop is like, oh, old lady. And the other one's like, oh, old bitch. So the one who's like, oh, old bitch is like, she's a suspect. And now they're pushing us through this um, 90s trope of black uh, lieutenants who get mad at their police for working hard. Turning your badge. Give me your gun. You're off the force for an hour and 32 minutes. Officer sleeping. That's what we used to say in wrestling matches when the wrestlers would have like a fatal three-way or whatever. And one of the wrestlers would roll out the ring and wouldn't come back for like five minutes. So they'd be outside resting because they were out of shape. This book has to get better, right? It's already gone through every worst thing that I can go through. Like all the worst things. But guess what? It's not. Chapter 10. Vernita. Tangerines? What the fuck did that motherfucker mean by tangerines? You know exactly what the fuck he means by tangerines. If you hit yourself with tangerines, then he saw it. You know what he means by tangerines. Don't play dumb to yourself. I mean, it doesn't really matter. You're like 77, even though he thinks you're like 81. You're going to forget soon anyway. But don't, don't, don't do it to yourself. That's just rude. He must have gone through my shit. I know it. Why else would that nigga mention tangerines? Yeah, he went through my hamper. That was exactly he thought he was being... Oh, that's why I kept fucking that up. Because he left out the why. That was exactly why he thought he was being all cute and shit talking about tangerines. 
That nigga must have thought I was dumb. Rage instantly brewed with me when that no good, rotten ass detective thought it was a tad funny to make that snarky ass joke about tangerines. I want to go back and explain to y'all what happened. He put that was exactly he thought he was being all cute and shit talking about tangerines. I don't, I, yeah. I read that like four times, deleted it like four times, looked at it two times, and I was like, wait, what? <sighs> it's the small things that really fuck you up. Like kids. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> I stood in my door, watching his ass make his way back to that raggedy piece of shit cop car. Low life motherfucker. Gonna come and try and get under my skin. I was just a rape victim, nigga. Yeah, I knew exactly what the fuck he was doing. He came over to my house to ask me some follow-up questions, alright? Nah, nigga. You think you on to something. But I'll tell you right now, nigga. Yo ass ain't on shit. You ain't gonna solve shit over here, buddy. Got that fucking right. Then why the fuck did you leave the tangerines in the goddamn basket? Okay. Calm down, Vernita. Calm down. Don't make a scene. Do not make a scene, girl. Maybe the man really did see the fruit ball sitting on top of the kitchen countertop. Yeah, that was it. Had to be. Why else would he go through your clothes like that? Girl, you tripping. Ha <laughs> ha. I had to keep reassuring myself, but I just had this inkling that nigga went through my shit. I couldn't help but swim down that vicious stream of thought. And the more my anxious mind kept dwelling on it, the more I could feel my pulse thumping on the side of my neck. My blood pressure was up. Felt like I was about to have a stroke and nervous meltdown all at the same time. Like a ticking time bomb, I was ready to explode, but I had to keep my calm as I kept my eyes on the detective. Then I heard the engine to his car start up. While he idled on the street for a moment, my gaze then wandered over to the two cleaners standing in front of me. I stared at them for a moment, but my mind was drawing blanks. Miss Washington? One of them asked. Yes, I responded, but my eyes were now back on the detective's car. I clenched my fist tight. Calm down, Vernita. Calm down. He don't know shit. You're overthinking this shit. Within seconds, I managed to subside the paranoia within me, but I couldn't help but think that this detective was trying to figure me and my shit out. Gosh, I was so motherfucking mad right now. Child, I swear I had it in me to just go and cuss that punk ass nigga out. How dare he? How dare he act like a cop? And see that you literally... How dare you, nigga? How dare you leave a bag of fruit in a laundry hamper? How can you explain that away other than I have Alzheimer's? You know what? As soon as I got back into the house, I was going to call up the police station and ask speak to his motherfucking supervisor. How dare he come to my house unannounced and try and ask me all these intimidating questions? Punk-ass bitch. Ma'am? One of the cleaners asked, breaking me out of a deep trance. Oh shit, I realized I had dozed off as I watched the detective speed off. Sorry about that. Y'all come in. I'm so glad y'all were able to come down as soon as possible. I quickly apologized to the cleaners and then let them inside the house. Side note, it was such a nice day outside. I'm about to take a walk later on. Seemed kind of windy though. The fuck is that side note for? I quickly slammed the door shut and then locked it once the two gentlemen were inside. I led them into the bedroom and showed them what needed to be cleaned up. Thank God I was able to stop those crazy hallucinations, though. Ever since I come back from the hospital, I kept getting haunted by visions of Clarence, Percy, and even Alice. They felt so real, but I knew they weren't. 
At least that's what I had to keep telling myself. But honey, I really need to call Dr. Jackson as soon as possible and really figure out what the fuck was going on with that goddamn medicine she had me on. That shit was way worse than that other damn medicine. Praxamil. Paracamil. Whatever the fuck it was called. Child, I done forgot. Should be told, the only thing I missed about that medicine was how horny it made me. Ooh, child, Bernita sure could use some dick right about now. But baby, this new medicine here that Dr. Jackson had me on, it definitely was worse than that other shit because I was seeing all types of crazy stuff. But baby, this like the... Just saying but baby too much. But baby, let me find out that damn medicine was making my tumor worse. I run down to that damn doctor's office and wrap my hands around that little stank bitch's throat. You get mad way too easy. Like, for you to be such an old lady, you get mad, like, immediately. Like, there's no in-between. Just looking like fucking Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> looking like Forrest Whitaker in Fast Times at Ridgemont High and shit when he saw his car. <laughs> if y'all have questions, just, just tweet me on Ratchet Book Club. Just say, yo, homie, show me the picture of Forrest Whitaker. I got the fucking shit. Um... See, I done already told her I didn't want no goddamn medicine in my body that was going to have me going fucking crazy. She knew how I felt about putting that stuff in my body that was going to make me loopy. This is all too much. Just too much. Especially considering everything that happened with Alice and now with Percy. Lord, 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 I had no idea where you're doing all this to me, Lord, but I didn't deserve it. I deserve not none of this here. Okay, Bernita, get it together. Get it the fuck together. I had to snap back into reality before I scared away these two nice men. The two young Mexican guys stood a few feet away from my blood-soaked bed, assessing the amount of work they were probably going to have to do. They were speaking in Spanish amongst each other, and every few seconds or so, they were looking at me with this weird-ass look. They were probably wondering what in the hell happened. I didn't give them that much detail when I called them an hour ago. I just told him that a crime had been committed inside my house and I needed somebody to help me clean up as soon as possible. One of them looked at me strangely again and I was just about to pop off on him if he kept giving me that weird ass stare. Yeah, 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 motherfuckers. Somebody died up in here. Yes, I killed somebody. I was so mad too because these motherfuckers were charging me an arm and a leg. $600 plus an additional 200 for the rush job. Fucking rip off. Yeah, because your whole room looks like the fucking scene from fucking Kill Bill when uh, Orenishi Eve finally caught up with the person who killed her parents because he was a goddamn pedophile and she stabbed him square in the stomach and pulled out the sword and the whole thing just sprayed all over the fucking room and blood was all over the place. That's what your room looks like even though all you did was stab this nigga in the neck and he didn't run around the fucking room. So I don't know how your whole room looks like a goddamn blood scene and how there's blood pulled all over your bed and shit. I don't get that. I mean, I'm not saying this like I've killed people. I'm just saying that you got him in the artery. Yeah, that would spray out towards the wall. So that would hit the wall. And then when it came down, once that pulse stopped happening and it died down, yeah, it might land on your bed. But you're talking about the whole goddamn room, and that don't make no sense. Also, I listen to way too many true crime podcasts. <clears throat> um, Excuse me, but when y'all plan on starting, because I got things to do. Do y'all have everything you need? I asked, trying not to sound annoyed as fuck, but baby, I was annoyed. We're just trying to figure out exactly all the chemicals we need. That's all, one of them said back to me. Oh. Oh, okay. I said as I stood back for a moment, wondering once again why in the fuck that damn detective may mention tangerines. Do you not remember putting those things into the basket? What? I just couldn't shake what that nigga said out of my mind. 
I just knew he had to have gone through my hamper. Then why are you wondering why? He... I knew he did. I could feel it. Why else would that nigga make mention of that shit? No, he was fucking with me. He must have easily figured out that Percy didn't really put his hands on me like that. I'll be right back, I told the cleaners. I marched over into the bathroom. Y'all excuse me, I said with a phony smile on my face as I gently closed the bathroom door. I don't understand why you hit yourself with the bag anyway. I mean, the nigga was threatening you, did have a gun, did assault you. Yeah, I mean, y'all were having sex, but it wasn't, it wasn't consensual. So you were defending yourself. You didn't have to do shit else. You could have stabbed the shit out of him like 90 times and be like, here, 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 rape kit. That's it. Y'all excuse me, I said with a phony smile on my face as I gently closed the bathroom door. Soon as the door closed, I flew over to the hamper and tossed the lid back. I paused for a moment, wondering if I could notice that someone had been running their claws through my shit. And indeed, my suspicions were confirmed. The hamper looked like it had been toyed with. I could just tell. I didn't just throw my shit in the hamper any old way. The fuck? What, do you fold it? Yeah, something was definitely off. I could tell. God damn it. I saw a pair of jeans sitting on top of the pile inside the hamper, and that was my sign right then and there. Somebody had been through my shit. I knew it. That nook is fucking with me. I spat aloud, but then quickly clasped my mouth. I forgot just that quick I had company. Okay, calm down, Vernita. Calm it down, girl. Don't go crazy now. Just calm down. It's all in your head. Just in your head. Baby, I had to keep repeating that in my head just to get my nerves together. I kept taking deep breaths to simmer the rage once again brewing down in my core. I began pulling out clothing item after clothing item from the hamper until I got damn near the bottom. As soon as my eyes landed on the tangerine-filled pair of stockings, I yanked it out and gave a good gawk at it. Yeah, he knows. He knows. This nigga think he's slick. Think he gonna try and bring some shit out. Okay, motherfucker. Bring it, nooker. Bring it. You wanna try me? Try me, ho. I want you to try me, ho. Try it. Okay, so, the cops weren't there when you murdered him. And the cops weren't there when you hit yourself about your body with the tangerines and make it look like you were bruised. And it's a pair of stockings with tangerines in them. And the cops weren't there. And there's no blood on the stockings. And even if there was, which we don't know for sure, you could have just, after you finished beating yourself around the head and body with the stocking-filled tangerines, with the tangerine-filled stockings, you could have, I don't know, put the tangerines back into the dish and then put the stockings back into your dresser or put the stockings into your pocket or put the stockings into the trash or put the stockings into a fire, or put the stockings into any sort of places. And none of this would have happened. But you decided to take these tangerine-filled stockings and put them at the bottom of your hamper, where anybody could have noticed it if they were nosy. And this dude already said that he sniffs panties, so... My breathing once again intensified to the point where I was damn near hyperventilating. I felt like I was about to have a full-on asthma attack. Yes, bitch. He's on your shit now. My eyes exploded once again with terror when I heard the voice of Alice over my shoulder. I quickly turned around, but she wasn't there. Don't fuck with me. I got company, bitch. I couldn't help but yell out, but I had to cover my mouth again. 
Fuck, fuck, fuck. I grumbled, then began pacing the bathroom floor like a maniac. You know what? These crazy-ass visions were all I needed to know that I had to get the fuck up out of here and just let these Mexican boys clean my shit up. Truth be told, I didn't even know if I could stay at my own damn house tonight, let alone for the next few days. I just had to get the fuck up out of here. Without even bothering to put the clothes back into the hamper, I stormed out the bathroom. The two cleaners, who looked like they were in the middle of moving furniture around, immediately stopped what they were doing because they were about to ruin the image and the style that you sorry. Is everything okay, Miss Washington? Oops. I covered my mouth like some little girl. Y'all heard me? Yeah, um, yeah, I'm fine. I was just on the phone talking to one of my good old friends. I lied with the biggest smile etched on my face. I'm going to let you boys do your thing. I'm just going to pack up a bag of some clothes and go find me a hotel where I can stay for the next few days. But how are you going to lock up your house? One of the cleaners asked while I noticed my phone was actually charging on a nightstand. Damn. Now it was obvious I had told them a lie. I ran over and grabbed my phone. I then ran over to my jewelry box sitting on my bedroom dresser. I yanked out a spare house key and then rushed over to one of the Mexican boys. Y'all ain't some thieving ass motherfuckers, are you? Child, you just know I had to ask because, see, these Mexicans be known to break in your shit and clean your place the fuck out. Bitch, you a murderer. You're a whole murderer. See, you probably wanted, if if you had the chance, you would have wanted Trump to build the wall. See, fuck y'all niggas. No, one of them who was a tad short and stubby responded. He seemed very weirded out by me, as he should be. Why would you ask that? Well, I'm going to leave you all the key. And the alarm code, 445529. Do what y'all have to do. Have my shit looking like it's a brand new house, and I'll throw y'all an extra something something, I grinned. Can y'all do that for me? Why the fuck would you give them your alarm code? Just lock the door. Lock the door on your way out. A brief moment of awkward silence filled the room. Sure, but how much is this extra something something, one of them asked. How about another 500? Does that work? How about 500 each? Hopefully that would get them to just shut the fuck up and get to work. I mean, you're the one who started talking. Both of the Mexican boys looked at each other with enlarged eyes and then they both stared back at me. Sure, they said in unison. Guess they'd have to speak in Spanish to quickly say yes to my proposition. Although this was now going to cost me thousands of dollars to get my place back together. At this point, I didn't give a damn. I just need to get the hell up out of here and get my mind right. This is all just too merch. Too merch, I tell you. Okay, great. Just charge to my card, I quickly exclaimed as I dashed over to my closet. Once inside, I grabbed the first piece of luggage my eyes landed on, then began stuffing it with as many clothes as I could grab off hangers. I stormed back out of the closet and went to one of my dresses where I kept some more clothes. I had no idea what the fuck I was putting in my bag, but all I knew at the moment was that I needed to get the hell up out of here. If I needed something, I just had to run my ass to Target or some other department store. Target is not a department store, is it? It's it's a trap. That's what Target is. You go in there with money, you walk out with nothing. It's, it's a fucking trap. Also, you're acting really suspicious around people who had nothing to do with what was going on. So now if they come back and ask, you, yeah, she ran up out of here. She was screaming to somebody, cussing out and somebody lied to us about being on the phone. Yeah, I remember the whole thing. She came out and talked to us willingly. <sighs> Chapter 11, Detective Mike Colvin. Soon as I submitted my case report over to the lieutenant, he shot me back an email telling me I needed to take the rest of the week off. Told me I needed to stop thinking about work for the next few days or so. 
This wasn't the first time he dished out one of his lectures to me about work-life balance. He always told me I need to stop being so obsessed with trying to figure everything out and that I need to learn how to set boundaries. And so now that that's what I was doing, take my mind off work and I figured there was no other way to do that than to drill deep in some pussy. Oh, so that's how we're going to get the sex in this book. We're going to get the sex through Mike Colvin. Cool. Just checking. Yeah, fuck me harder. Fuck me. Fuck me. I just wish this bitch would fucking nut already so I can get the fuck on with the rest of my day. I thought busting a nut would have at least helped me sleep, but I couldn't even fucking let one go. I kept gliding in and out the pussy, but I honestly just wasn't in the mood at all. Truth be told, I was only even fucking this broad just to get her off my nerves. Lisa's hands were gripped onto my back and she stared deep down in my eyes as if she was trying to read my soul. Are you coming yet? She asked in this porn actress voice. I hated it when she did that. It was so fucking annoying. Gyrating deep inside her, I almost found my corner deep up in that puss, but something was just off. I closed my eyes and began to fuck her harder and harder. The headboard thumped against the wall. I wondered if the next door neighbors heard us. Then again, it was about 1 p.m. on this seemingly sunny Monday. Usually around this time, nobody was home. Come on, fuck me, fuck me harder, Lisa screamed as she dug her long nails into my back. Those damn shits felt like the talons of a fucking falcon. I came to an abrupt stop. I couldn't do this. I had to get to work. And all I could see at the moment was a vivid picture of that no-good-ass Miss Washington laughing at me, telling me she was getting away with cold-blooded murder. Nah, fuck that. You weren't getting away with shit. Not on my motherfucking watch. What's wrong? Lisa asked the second I stopped. I opened my eyes and looked at her. I gotta go. She smacked her teeth. What the fuck? Sorry, I said as I rolled up out of her and then hopped my fully naked ass out the bed. My dick was already limp. I'd probably just beat my shit later to go to sleep. Wait one motherfucking minute. You're not finished yet. You gotta finish what the fuck you started, demanded Lisa. She scrunched herself up in the bed and pulled the sheets over her to cover up her titties. Lisa was this chick I knew from high school. We'd recently got back into touch with one another after our 20-year high school reunion. She was the type of chick who I longed to fuck when I was in high school. She was what these young niggas nowadays would call a slim thick situation. In fact, all the niggas used to drool over her ass. She still somewhat looked the same, but with three kids all by three different men and the job paying her no more than 35000 a year, you could tell stress and drama somewhat took a toll on her face. She kind of reminded me of Vanessa Williams. She had the same round light green eyes, yellow complexion, and bronze hair. The only difference was Vanessa Williams had money and Lisa's dad's was broke as shit. I didn't even know why I let myself go down this road with her because she never even used to talk to me like that when we were in high school. I'm really sorry, but you gotta leave. I just, I got this case I'm working on and this stressed me the fuck out. Maybe we can link up later? I told her as I proceeded to put my clothes on. Yeah, perhaps the case was officially closed, but in my eyes, it was far from closed. Shit was more open than a fresh, sore wound on the side of a nigga's face after he got punched by Mike Tyson's bare knuckles. Ugh, I don't even know why I started fucking with you, Lisa bellowed. She sounds as if she was suddenly disgusted with me. I mean, you got a big dick and all, but damn, does it even fucking work? I took a deep breath and shook my head. Now this bitch was about to make me fucking go off on her if she didn't heed to a fucking simple instruction. Look, please, I'm really sorry. I'll make it up to you. I promise, I lied. Yeah, 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 nigga. I don't even know why I started fucking around with you. You was lame as fucking high school and it's obvious you still lame as hell. No wonder your wife left you, whack ass. 
With full-on anger, she threw the cover off herself and jetted up out the bed. Now that was fucked up. Was that even necessary? I muttered and took a quick glance over my shoulder, getting a good look at her body. As she quickly slipped on her panties, she said back to me, I'm just fucking upset right now. I'm fucking horny and I'm on my lunch break and I just wasted an hour with your ass. That's foul as fuck. Lisa still had a nice shape to her and in any other situation, I definitely would have been ripping that cooch apart. Dudes, dudes, this is me. Just breaking in real quick. Don't talk like that. Beating it up, ripping it apart, all those kind of things. Especially if you're above the age of like 24. Also, she called you, like, Vernita said you was ugly in a million different ways with a fucking beater-ass car, so I'm going to trust her before I trust you, so you should just be happy to be up in anything. You should be playing some some fucking boys and men I'll make love to you and be on your knees right now. Just shut the fuck up. <sighs> but like I said, with more pressing matters on the mind, I couldn't concentrate on shit else, not even my own well-being, until I figured out what was really going on with Miss Washington. I suddenly managed to cool my nerves, preventing myself from cussing Lisa out. I get it, though. It was truly my fault, and I never should have invited her over, knowing good and goddamn well I wasn't in the right state of mind to do shit. Now fully dressed, I walked over to her and said, You ever been to Ruth's Chris? Nigga, I don't want to hear anything else coming out your mouth, she barked as she pushed me out of her way and then marched over to my bathroom. I went over to my dresser and quickly pulled out something that I knew would suddenly change her tune. I then strolled over into the bathroom and watched her run water through her hair. She stared back at me, not saying a word. My hands were behind my back because I knew the surprise coming would instantly shift the funky-ass attitude she had. I took a few steps towards her and reached out my right hand towards her, revealing a rectangular black box in the palm of my right hand. Suddenly, she froze. What's that? Open it, I told her. She looked so disarmed and caught off guard. With this slight caution, she reached out and grabbed the black box. She opened it and instantly her entire gaze lit up like a little kid in a candy store. This can't be... This... What? Wait, what is this for? I bought this for you the other day, actually. It's a bracelet I got from Zales. I know I've been busy lately and I've been blowing you off here and there, but I truly care for you. I lied. But if you still think I'm lame as fuck, then by all means, we can stop doing what we're doing. But just know, I really do have feelings for you, and I want to take things to the next level. She clutched her mouth and her eyes began to water. I'm, I'm so sorry, I just... No, it's cool, I get it. But do you understand now? I'm not blowing you off. It's just the work has me bogged down. How much did this even cost, she asked, wiping her eyes free of tears. Now I feel so bad. I didn't mean what I just said about you and your ex-wife. I'm, I'm so sorry, I'm just... I'm just frustrated, that's all. I lightly chuckled as I grabbed the fake diamond-studded bracelet out the box and helped her put it on. Like I said, this is just a symbol of my feelings for you. Oh my God, this means so much to me, she cried. See, I knew this gift would persuade her simple, semi-sloppy, tired-looking ass to rethink the situation we had going on. Truth be told, the bracelet was a gift I was planning on giving to my daughter Natasha. However, since the little bitch wasn't speaking to me at the moment, I decided not to give it to her. The last time we spoke, she cussed me out for not being supportive of her choice to study dance at college. She told me I was such a shitty father and that she was glad Natalie, my ex-wife, cheated on me with one of my best friends. Tasha was a junior at college, so she was old enough to know what the fuck her words would do. 
Aside from not giving her the bracelet, I was also going to stop those payments on her car note. Although the car was in both of our names, I was paying the note. I didn't give a fuck about my credit either because it was already jacked. Oh well. Damn, this nigga's a goddamn, like, asshole. Like, a fucking monster. And you want, man... Remind me to get back to that later. I'll circle back. <clears throat> Without hesitation, Lisa threw her arms around me and gave me the tightest hug. She planted kisses all up and down my neck. You would have sworn by the way she was kissing me and how her mood suddenly shifted that I proposed to her raggedy ass. I felt like somewhat of a shitbag for giving her a gift that I clearly intended to give my daughter, but hey, I guess the universe had different intentions for it. Nigga, it's a fake-ass diamond. Although I was pressed for time, I was taken back a bit by the fact that it was so crazy to see how easy it was to use a piece of jewelry to distract a woman's mind. So look, I really gotta head back to work, but what's this Ruth's Chris place? She asked as she couldn't keep her eyes off the fake-ass bracelet. It was actually Cuba's Zirconium, and it was on sale for $75. Damn, you never heard of Ruth's Chris? It's a nice steakhouse, I said, giving her a fake-ass smile. They have a location in downtown right off the river. I want to treat you to a romantic night. Oh, wow, wow. This has really made me feel so differently about you, she said as she stared at herself in the mirror, swam from side to side as if she was a model. I grabbed her and began to make out with her as if we were two teenagers about to fuck in the backseat of a car for the first time. We kept kissing, but Lisa suddenly then pulled back away from me. Damn, damn, where was this like a few moments ago? Shit, I don't know, I replied, shrugging my shoulders. But look, let me do what I gotta do and I'm gonna swing by the crib later on to pick you up. Can you get a sitter for your kids? Yeah, I can. I'll just call my sister. She ain't got shit to do anyway, she said. We chatted for a few more minutes and then I led Lisa to the door to see her off. I'll call you when I'm done, okay? Okay, baby. She smiled as she strolled out the door. I quickly locked it and then flew over to my living room where I had a small office set up. I yanked my phone out of my pocket and dialed Candace, another homicide detective who worked in my unit. I didn't want to bother with Jake and I didn't want him prying into my shit. Candace and I were cool. Real cool. We actually used to fuck around with each other but then we had to stop because she was married. What a shame though because her pussy and head game were spectacular. I ain't never met a woman in my life that could suck a dick the way she did. I had to snap out of a daze I found myself in, reminiscing about our good old times. The phone kept ringing until she finally answered with, Hey, what's up, Colvin? Detective Whitaker, what's up with you? Feel like I haven't seen you in a minute. You been avoiding me? Huh, funny you should mention. I was meaning to talk to you. Why's that? I asked with a curious brow. My husband is away for two weeks on a vacation. I was, uh, wondering if you wanted to hang out. I chuckled. We'll see about that. But are you sure, though? Remember the last time? Well, yeah. I'll make sure we have a bit more privacy. Okay, well, let me know. But in the meantime, I need your help with a pressing matter. And what's that? Don't tell Jake, either. Uh-oh. What the hell you got going on? I scuffled through some notes I had sitting on my desk. So, you know I just closed out that crazy rape case. Yeah, I heard. Still kind of fucking crazy that woman was able to kill that motherfucker like that. How in the world was she able to do that? You know, sometimes I wish you were my partner. I told Jake the same thing. The old bitch's story ain't adding up at all. It It's just too sketchy for me. You won't even believe what we found in the hamper, too. What's that? The woman had a fucking pair of stockings filled with tangerines. The end was all tied up. Damn. 
Like some thin line between love and hate shit? Bingo. So, you're saying this woman might have beat herself the fuck up? But what about the rape kid? Well, we haven't gotten back the lab results yet, but the lieutenant already had me close out the case and move on. Oh God, but you aren't. Yeah. I don't know about this. I know you're a good detective and all, but is this case really worth your career if the lieutenant finds out your sneaky ass is doing shit behind his back? You know, I really don't care at this point. I'm pretty sure once I put two and two together, the lieutenant might reopen the case. Okay, so what do you want from me? This Percy dude. I didn't do enough digging, but I want an employment history on this guy. I want to know exactly how my victim, Miss Washington, met this man. Okay. I then heard Candace typing away at her desk. So, I'm pulling up the case now. His full name is Percival DeAndrews Jacobs. Yep. Okay. Well, let me run a social and then I'll hit you back in about 15 minutes. Okay. Perfect. I'll be here at my desk waiting patiently. I can't believe you're doing this on your day off. You really owe me big time too. I smiled. I got you. Don't worry. Candace and I chatted some more and then she hung up. Chicago police contracted with an outside background check agency to get basic background information on suspects and victims. In this instance, I would have done so with Mr. Percy, but since the lieutenant wanted me to go ahead and get the investigation over with, obviously I didn't have the time to do so. In fact, he had already assigned me to a new case. While I awaited her phone call, I went and made me a quick breakfast and jetted right back to my desk. And just before I was about to sit down and devour a bagel, Candace called me on my cell. Damn, that was quick. Yeah, well, Mr. Percy wasn't that hard to dig information on. Why is that? Damn, did you not run his name or license first to see who this man was? Nah, I didn't bother. Wow, lazy. Anyways, he's an ex-felon. He spent some time locked up for armed robbery. But before that, he worked at a nursing facility out in the suburbs. What's the name of it? Mount Sinai Long-Term Health, out in Lombard. Lombard? Damn, that's all the way out in the western suburbs. Yeah. Mount Sinai Long-Term Health, I said as I jotted down the name on a piece of paper. Do you know how long he worked there? Quite some time. About six years. He was a CNA. A male CNA? That's interesting. Why? Never thought men gravitated towards nursing careers. So, hold on. This is me again. Y'all know. So, we're, so far, using shit from a thin line between love and hate. The Wire, and now Meet the Parents because of Greg Fokker, who was a CNA, a male CNA, and that was a joke that went on throughout the entire movie. Gaylord Fokker was his real name. I I thought it was cool. That's sexist as fuck. I got two male cousin nurses. One of them started off as a CNA. Shit, there's good money in nursing. True. Anyways, thanks, Candace. I owe you a lot. I'm finna ride out to this nursing facility. Candace and I chatted for a bit more. Once I got off the phone with her, I googled this nursing facility. They were about a good 40 minutes outside the city in this suburb called Lombard. I've been there a couple times when I needed to go to the mall. As soon as I got the phone number to the location, I called them up and asked to speak with the director of human resources. Within seconds, I was connected to this individual. Dorinda Clark speaking. How can I help you? The woman answered the phone. She sounded like she was probably black. The jazzy raspiness of her voice was a dead giveaway. The fuck is a jazzy raspiness? What? What's what's a jazzy raspy? What the fuck? 
Good afternoon, Miss Clark. How are you today? I'm fine. Who do I have the pleasure of speaking with? My name is Detective Michael Colvin. I'm with the Homicide Investigations Unit within the Chicago Police Department. I'm a lead investigator working on a case. Oh. Oh, okay, she replied, sounding a bit confused. Well, how can I be of service to you? An ex-employee of yours used to work there, Percival Andrews. Yes, I just got off the phone with somebody to confirm his employment history. Yes, that was our outside background investigations unit. I'm calling to follow up with some more information. Oh, I just don't like the sound of this, but ask away. Well, not to disclose too much information, but Mr. Andrews is a lead suspect in the current murder investigation. You lying motherfucker. Oh my God, excuse me? Please tell me something bad didn't happen to Percy. He was such a wonderful man when he worked here. Everybody loved him. It was just so unfortunate what happened to him. My eyebrow raised out of curiosity. Excuse me? Did you already hear what happened to him? No, not at all. What I meant was him getting locked up over that crazy crime. I just know he didn't do it. I still believe to this day he was framed. I just can't wrap my mind around how he could do something like that. It just wasn't his personality. Percival was an outstanding person. Well, I hate to break it to you, ma'am, but Mr. Andrews broke into a woman's house last night and raped her. The victim luckily found a weapon and killed him out of self-defense. Miss Clark gasped. What? Yes, ma'am. No. 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 I just don't believe it. I don't believe it at all, she cried. Percy was a wonderful young man. He wouldn't harm a soul. Oh, Lord, I just feel so bad for him and for his partner. His partner? I was now confused. So perhaps he did have a spouse or a girlfriend of some sort. He had a girlfriend or a wife? Suddenly, weird silence came up between us. Sounded like Miss Clark didn't know how to muster out the words. I, um, damn. What is it, ma'am? Not too many people knew this, but... But what? Percy is... He's gay. Or was gay. My eyes swelled with shock. Are you certain about that, ma'am? How would you know that? Oh, God. I really shouldn't be having this conversation. I could really get in a lot of trouble, Miss Clark said. How do I even know you're a police detective? This could just be anybody. I could meet you at your office in an hour. She agreed, and without any hesitation, I grabbed my wallet, keys, phone, and stormed out of my apartment to have a conversation with Miss Clark. Percy's gay? What the fuck? You didn't mention that through the entire first book. Like, Mike, yeah, he, he was bisexual. She made sure to bust that down. But Percy? She said that she and he were fucking from, like, day one. You wrote that. <sighs> Chapter 12. Vernita. Now, you know what? Fuck that. I'm not I'm not doing it yet. This dude's a fucking sociopath and the way he treats women is horrible. Like out the gate, the way he treats his ex-wife, the way he treats his daughter, the way he treats Lisa, the way he probably going to treat Candace is just horrible. I just had to get that out the way. Okay, chapter 12, Vernita. Child, soon as I left the house to let the Mexican boys clean up my place, I headed straight to some random ass hotel over in the South Loop. It was so nice, too. I had no idea what the name of this place was, but as soon as I hopped out of Paulette, I ran straight to the front desk and had them put me up in the first room they had available. The room was going to run me like 300 a night, but I didn't give a damn at this point. My sanity mattered more than money. 
Besides, I'd be damned if I was going to say some bed bug infested shit. Baby, Vernita didn't fuck with no motherfucking motels. I let them young raggedy hoes that sold they pussy for $40 step and then rat and roach motels. Sex work is work. You really shouldn't. Fuck this book. As soon as I got the elevator on the fourth floor, I scurried down the hallway and dashed to my room, 408. Within seconds, I found the room, swiped the key card to let myself in, and then stormed in, letting the door close behind me. I quickly locked the door and took a huge sigh of relief. Yes, Lord. The lights weren't on, but sunlight peered in through the windows. I walked over to the queen-size bed and threw all my bags and shit on it. But suddenly, out of nowhere, those goddamn demonic visions of Clarence, Alice, and Percy appeared again. I gasped and I was just about ready to dash out the room. However, at this point, I knew it was all fake. Those visions were nothing but the devil. I was convinced. Satan thought he had one over on me, but he didn't realize he was messing with an anointed and an appointed child of God. I was too blessed to be stressed. I hate that whole fucking line. I hate that whole fucking narrative. Fuck, blessed people can be stressed. What the fuck is a blessing anyway? So, I just want to say this. It's always bothered me, the idea of blessed and highly favored. So what you're saying is that if something happens to another person, that means that they weren't blessed by God. They weren't highly favored by God. God has placed you in a higher position. Is that because you pay him $10 a month? I don't get it. So with that being said, I took a deep breath and fell down onto the navy blue carpet floor right on my knees and went straight into deep prayer. Father God, I come before you right now in a time of great need to help get these visions out of my mind. Swaying back and forth, I kept praying as hard as I could, as loud as I could to stomp out the craziness from my mind. At this point, it seemed like the only thing that was going to work was nothing but prayer. Well, I cried out to the Lord, asking him to help me get these crazy demonic visions and voices out of my mind. I couldn't help but to still see these motherfuckers laughing at me. Percy was laid up in the bed, fully naked, but his head was hanging onto his neck with a bare piece of flesh. Why, you stabbed him. You stabbed him in the neck like he didn't cut his head off. Wait, what? She slit his throat. Did she slit his throat or did she stab him in the neck? I'm going to go look. Yeah, you didn't slit his throat. You just... Stabbed him in the neck and then kept stabbing in the same place over and over again. Very precise, by the way. I'm, I'm a fan. I didn't want to look because the sight was so traumatizing and gory. Then Alice was sitting down rubbing her head while she ate sunflower seeds. What in the hell? And of course, Clarence was standing at the mirror looking at himself. I closed my eyes shut and focused on nothing but the comforting words of the Lord. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. Victory today is mine. Oh, yes. I told Satan, get thee behind. Victory today is mine. That is not words of the Lord, you stupid motherfucker. Those are literally, that's a hymn. That's in the red hymn book that sits in the pew of every black church in America. Well, used to. I don't even know if they have hymnals anymore in those big black motherfuckers. Because I don't go into those big churches anymore. But still. That's not words from God. That's words from a dude. Matter of fact, I ain't going to Google it, but you can look up Victory is Mine right now and it'll tell you who made it. And I bet you it doesn't say God. I had to keep singing my favorite gospel song to myself to simmer my nerves down. So many crazy thoughts ran through my mind as I paced the hotel room floor. The entire room was dark, but that didn't matter because bright, blinding flashes of the past kept dancing in and out of my head. The crazy, vivid visions and voices kept coming and going, but for some odd reason, now I was able to mute the hell out of them. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I wailed and began to cry, but I was crying the biggest tears of joy because I felt the sense of calm again. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I want to thank you. Hashemakakabah. 
These are real words in this fucking book. Hashio my coco ba. I started speaking tongues and the Holy Spirit began to cover me. I go ba. She didn't even believe in Jesus at the end of her last book. Like until she stopped taking medication, she didn't even go to church. She didn't fuck with church. She wasn't an old lady who went to church. She went to big dicks. That was her religion. She said so. Why is she speaking in tongues now? Apparently, according to what detective or, or, or officer Hutchington said in the last chapter that we read or a few chapters back, the shit that happened when she was pissing on the floor at the gym happened like two weeks prior to this shit. So how, what, you know what, you know what, child, I don't know what came over me. Well, I did. It was nothing but the Holy Ghost, but I suddenly exploded into a praise break. Really? Really? The more I danced on the floor, the more I could see those crazy thoughts were leaving my mind. God was telling me my past was still my past and I had a glorious future to look forward to. God was still in control. Nothing but the devil was after me and now the Holy Ghost was slaying him. Get thee away from me, Satan. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Oh, that's me. When niggas speak in tongues, they making shit up. So I just decided to join in. I, I never liked feeling left out when everybody got the Holy Ghost set for me. I kept yelling to the top of my lungs. You about to get the throw. You about to get the fuck thrown out of this hotel. That's what's about to happen. That's what's gonna happen. You gonna get lifted by security. Child, I didn't care if the people next door heard me. I had to get them demons away from me. You hear me? Tears swimming down my face. I calmed down once more. Standing frozen in the middle of the hotel room, I looked around. Nothing but serene quiet could be heard, plus the distant sound of a vacuum cleaner in the hallway outside of my door. The voices were gone. The visions of those motherfuckers were gone, too. Those demons left. Yes, Jesus! My hands then began trembling with a sense of freedom. My body began quaking with joy. I need to call Dr. Jackson. I'm done with her ass. I had enough of her. My purse was sitting on top of one of those nice mahogany oak dresses in the room. I dashed over, grabbed my purse, and pulled my phone out. I had that funky know-it-all young bitch on speed dial, too. Didn't you just talk in tongues? Like, what the fuck? She was definitely gonna get an earful from me. Can't believe her pissy pussy ass had me on this crazy medication, making me see all types of weird shit. Didn't you just speak in tongues? Like, how this is really how women in the church are, though. So, you know, whatever. Once I hit dial, the phone rang, and then some seconds later, her ugly-ass receptionist picked up. I didn't like that big bitch either. Fat ass always had an attitude every time I went up in the motherfucking office. Dr. Jackson's office? How can I help you? Yes, I need to speak to Dr. Jackson, please. I demanded with utmost nastiness all laced up in my tone. I haven't wanted this big hoe to fill all the heat I had. Um, she can't come to the phone right now, but I can leave a message, dear. Baby... Put Dr. Jackson on the motherfucking phone right now. Baby. Excuse me? Yeah, ho, you heard me right. I said put that raggedy ass bitch on the motherfucking phone right now and I ain't playing. This is this is what praying, you know. It's what happens when heathens pray, I guess. <laughs> Ma'am, I'm gonna need you to calm down and stop cussing at me. Are you even a patient? Yes, why the fuck else would I be calling? Ma'am, I'm about to hang up. Baby, 
If your fat ass hang up on me, I swear on my dead husband's grave, I'm going to come up there and snatch that cheap ass dollar store wig off your neck. Now put Dr. Jackson on the fucking phone right motherfucking now. Goodbye, ma'am. And then the bitch hung up. Oh, no, you didn't. No, the fuck you didn't. I couldn't believe that heifer would hang the fuck up on me. Did she know who she was fucking with? Yeah, like a 77-year-old woman. Why the fuck would she be worried about you? Like, what? I didn't have time for any of this shit today. But since this is how these hoes want to play games, I was going to run right down to that doctor's office and have a word face-to-face with Dr. Jackson along with that nasty fat bitch sitting behind that damn front desk. It was already pushing 2 p.m. and all I wanted to do was rest my nerves before I went over to Alice's house to help Chardet and the rest of the family with funeral arrangements. The stress we've been dealing with last night was still etched so deeply in my mind, but now I was over it. Completely over it. Honestly, I was glad I had Percy out of my life and now all I wanted to do was just move on from everything and be there for Alice's family. More importantly, I really needed to talk to Lamar. I rushed back over to the dresser, grabbed my purse, and pulled out my keys. Just before I was about to head out the door, my phone began buzzing. I pulled it out of my purse and saw it was indeed Dr. Jackson's office calling me back. I quickly answered, Yeah, bitch, you got the right one today, ho. What the fuck? Mrs. Washington, this is Dr. Jackson. What's going on? That was Dr. Jackson. She sounded very concerned and frightened by my tone. Baby, I'm going to tell you what the fuck is going on. I was just about to run down to that office of yours and have a word with you about this damn medication you got me on. Vernita, please, just sit down for a moment and take a deep breath. It sounds like you have another breakdown. Please, just relax. We don't want you to get all worked up, dear. Bitch, don't tell me to take a deep breath. I went off as I again began pacing the bedroom floor. All types of hell were seething in my bones and now I didn't even want to have this conversation anymore with her ass over the phone. Vernita, please, just calm down, honey. That's all. I'm here for you. Just tell me what's happening. Out of nowhere, I couldn't help but cry. That medicine, it's making me go crazy. It's making me see dead people. What's wrong? Did something happen, Vernita? I killed someone. I didn't mean to do it, but he pushed me. I killed him. Dr. Jackson took a deep gasp and then said, Vernita, where are you? I'm at a hotel room, I cried. He tried to rape me. I had to defend myself. Vernita, please, just relax, dear, and tell me which hotel you're at. Do I need to send someone to pick you up? Suddenly, I stopped crying and got angry all over again. Zero to 100. Really, really, really quick. My eyes exploded wide with fury. No, no, that nigga crossed me the wrong way and I killed him. And I'll kill anyone else who crossed me the wrong way. I've done it before and I'll do it again, I swear to God. This shit is so unnecessarily dramatic. Like, what the fuck? Vernita, honey, please just throw away that medication. That's the first thing you should do right now, Dr. Jackson demanded while she constantly tried to talk me down and get me to stay put. But at this point, I didn't want to hear anything else she had to say. I managed to get the voice and crazy images out of my head with the power of prayer, and it worked. I didn't need near crazy pill or medication from these motherfucking doctors anymore. They were trying to kill me. I was convinced now. They were all trying to kill me. Miss Washington, I'm here to help you. I just really need you to calm down and relax before you hurt yourself, honey. That's all I'm trying to do at this point. I want to know what's really going on, dear. Please, I love you and I want to see the best for you, she kept pleading with me. 
Still shaking and filled with anger, I ran over to the body mirror in the bedroom to take a quick glance at myself. The room was still dark, although some sunlight peered through the bedroom window. I turned the lights on and stared at myself in the mirror. Oh, how I looked so terrified. What in the hell was going on with me? Why was I doing this to myself? I was losing all my damn marbles. Why was I even going off on Dr. Jackson needlessly like this? Why did I even cuss out that receptionist like that? You still there, Vernita? Yes. Yes, I'm here, Dr. Jackson. I slapped my forehead and closed my eyes. Shaking my head, I stood there for a moment in disbelief that I was experiencing all of this. Everything around me was so surreal and didn't even know if I was even in reality anymore. Everything seemed so real and fake at the same time. Vernita, just take a few deep breaths and listen carefully. You're probably experiencing some sort of psychosis. We need to get you into a hospital as soon as possible. And you just mentioned some moments ago that you may have harmed someone. Is this true or is this a hallucination? I don't I don't know. I don't know anymore, doctor. I I got to go. I can cure myself. I might be up in age, but I can cure myself. Vernita, please. It sounds like you're beginning to experience the first stages of dementia, maybe even Parkinson's disease. These type of psychotic breakdowns are common for people with neurodegenerative disorders. Hearing the doctor utter those words instantly fired me up all over again. Oh no, baby. Ain't nothing wrong with me. It ain't nothing but this goddamn medicine you gave me. All this medicine. I was fine before I started messing with all this stuff. The first medicine done made me a sex addict. Then this other medicine got me seeing dead folks. Oh, hell no. I ain't trusting not a single word any of you doctors gotta say. Okay, please, Vernita. I understand. You don't understand shit, bitch. Now, I said what I had to say. I gotta go. My friend's funeral's coming up and I gotta help with the arrangements. What friend, Vernita? Alice, my friend. I told you about my friend. Vernita, please. We talked about this before. We need to... I don't want to hear nothing you got to say. I interrupted her in a roar. And with that, I immediately hung up. Young dumb bitch had no idea what the fuck she was talking about. I swore they'd just be giving people degrees for any motherfucking thing. What in the hell does she know? Talking about Parkinson's disease. Bitch, I ain't over here shaking and shit. She had me all the way fucked up. I knew I had to be making so much ruckus, and it wouldn't surprise me if hotel staff or even security came running to my room to see what was going on. But I didn't give a damn. I tossed my phone back onto the bed and stood in the mirror for a moment. Beads of sweat ran down my face. My mascara was running down my face. My eyes were still watery, but now they were intensely red from all the crying and yelling. I looked a hot-ass mess, and I'd be damned if I was going to let this foolishness get the best of me. Bitch, boss up. Boss the fuck up, Vernita. Don't let these motherfuckers drive you crazy. You are a bad bitch. Bad bitch. The biggest smile then came across my face. You know what? I'm finna go get me some dick. Fuck this shit. My eyes have seen the coming of the glory of the Lord. No, no, not gonna help. What if I speak in tongues? Mama say, Mama say, Mama Musa. No, no, not it either. Like, okay, we just jumped everywhere in this chapter. And I don't know if she's actually got Parkinson's disease. I don't know what she's got. But yeah, okay, cool. We're back. 916-633-1537. Ratchet and Ratchet at gmail.com. Ratchet Book Club on Twitter. Uh, you can leave a review at Podchaser. Just go type in Ratchet Book Club and uh, you can leave a review there. Uh, you can leave a review on 
Apple or Stitcher, just let me know where you leave it at. And if you leave uh, any sort of review, just let me know why, like what you liked or what you didn't like. That way I can make repairs if necessary or I can feel good about something that works good. Thank you so much for listening. I greatly appreciate it. Y'all be good. I'll holler at you later. Peace. and outro to Ratchet Book Club is by That Kid Garan and it's called Goodbyes. You can email him at tkgbeats94 at gmail.com for more information on how to lease this beat. This is Single Simulcast. Don't know by now that you slipped.